Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. 11 minutes after 10 o'clock, you're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Importantly, a ceasefire deal is on the table and currently being negotiated between Hamas as well as the Israeli government. What would be the conditions of this particular deal? We know one of the requests would be the release, and this is at least offered up by Hamas, the release of Israeli uh, hostages that it is currently Hamas that is holding captive. Is it all there is to this particular deal? What is being negotiated? Uh, and what potential other terms could be put on the table? Joining me for this conversation is Professor Chris Landsberg of uh, African Diplomacy and Foreign Policy at the University of Johannesburg. Prof. Chris, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. Really do appreciate it. Is the release of hostages the only thing? If it is, it seems quite trite and uh, one that a deal could be almost immediately concluded. But given that it's an ongoing negotiation, I don't assume it's the only condition. What else could potentially be of contention in the ceasefire negotiation? Yeah, look, first of all, uh, thanks for having me on your show. Uh, I hope I'm audible. You can hear me clearly. Um, Certainly. Uh, there is there is much more to the conflict than the deal uh, itself. Uh, what is significant about the deal is two things. Um, the... The Palestinian leader and 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 his government, um, and later on even some of his arch opponents joined a government of national unity, um, effectively a war government. A government. They responded to the seventh of October with the uh, Hamas incursion um, and attacks, uh, literally with with rage. Um, and it's almost like the prime minister became a man that you couldn't um, even talk to. He was simply going to end this thing, uh, in his own words, uh, permanently and with the use of force. What makes the deal so interesting is that the very force that they, the the, the very force. Um, Actor, I mean, the, the very entity that they're trying to obliterate Hamas, they now have to enter into uh, an agreement with. And for two reasons, they are under tremendous pressure of the government of Israel, there is, even from the families of the hostage takers, which says that they don't understand his strategy of bombing all the way. Um, without prioritizing the release of hostages. Um, and I think that's how we got to this point. He was under tremendous pressure, pressure. And I have to say the Americans have also prioritized the um, the hostage deal. I mean, uh, that, that, that's the thing. What is, what is so smart about Hamas, the way I understand it, just briefly to come to the second part of your question, it seems, well, th- this is how the deal um, reads that in the next 24 hours, if there is going to be breaking news tonight or or between tonight and tomorrow morning when we get up, uh, it will be the news that the Israeli government um, has agreed to the deal. And it's a Qatari um, 
negotiated deal. So it's Qatar that will actually um, do the announcement. So what it does uh, for, for every for every one um, hostage, uh, three Palestinians will be released. But what it, what is very um, you know savvy uh, on the part of Hamas, the agreement for now is that they will release. 50, five zero hostages, uh, notably women and children at the beginning, and only after that, in exchange for 150 Palestinians, mainly women and children. Um, and if that goes well, hopefully Israel would see the sense in, hopefully Israel would see the sense in um, further negotiations yeah. for the other, for the other hostages. Yeah. So, if a deal is to be announced and there's a hostage exchange and there's a ceasefire for five days, Chris, what does the ceasefire offer us? What opportunity does it give in the resolve of this conflict? It's only five days. What happens, realistically speaking, in such a period? Um, well, I, I, I tell you what happens from the. <laughs> from the Israeli side, they they would hope that their uh, drones and their um, intelligence equipments would see where the hostages are released from. And of course, I mean, Qatar will make sure, or all the, uh, Hamas would make sure that they almost hand them to Qatar, and Qatar does the Handover, but but yeah. Israel would be very interested to know where where they are kept, right? How many of them are kept, and 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 so on, because Israel would want to resume this war afterwards. And what that for me is the strange thing about this thing is that uh, it seems that you will not be you will not be seen as insane if you think that this could then lead to further pauses for another batch of hostages to be released. So um, I imagine five stages of hostage releases. And then the Israelis would then extend the pauses. Yeah. And the pauses, five days will become 10, 10 will become 15, 15 will become 20. But Israel is very keen to resume this thing militarily as soon as possible. And that for me, is the strange thing uh, about it. Uh, are the Americans in particular, and I doubt the Americans are, they've made it clear, but certainly the Arab leaders, Turkey, the Islamic leaders, they've made clear that they want a ceasefire, they want humanitarian roads uh, uh, to be opened, uh, they want um, the hostages to be released, as President Ramaphosa have set, and we can then start the process of a permanent peace between these two. I doubt whether there will ever be permanent peace and get back to something they've neglected for the better part of the last five years, and that's the um, Arab-Israeli question. They've just, yeah. It's just gone off the agenda for many countries. Yeah, I'm taking your reactions to this as you're listening to it. Give me a call, 86 2032 86
0302. Let's take a quick break. We continue on the other side of this. Night Talk, Monday to Thursdays, 10 to midnight. 21 minutes after 10 o'clock, you're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for your time this evening. I really do appreciate it. A ceasefire deal is being negotiated between Hamas and the Israeli government and the Israeli Defense Force by extension. A five-day ceasefire uh, uh, through which a exchange of hostages will take place. Negotiations uh, are all about leverage. Professor Chris Landsberg, the African Diplomacy and Foreign Policy at the University of Johannesburg is with me in this conversation. Who has leverage and what leverage do they have in this negotiation? That's all what it's about. What are the interests of each party uh, to achieve through the ceasefire? And what leverage do they have at the moment uh, to be able uh, to conclude a deal that gives life to their interests? Um, Hamas Hamas is under tremendous uh, pressure. Its pop, its populace um, suffers horrific, um, even war crimes, um, deadly attacks, uh, and 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 the like. But um, I'm sure that they would have lost some uh, popular support, albeit that the that the former government in uh, Ramallah of uh, her, uh, Prime Minister Habas, former Prime Minister Habas, many people don't realize that Habas actually won an election in 2006 against the Palestinian Authority. Um, they've actually developed a lot of leverage here and, and the sympathy have grown so much for what the Israeli people have gone through, that there's been a public uh, motion switch. The, the greatest danger for the Israeli prime minister is if they don't accept this deal, and I think they will accept the deal. Yesterday was a turning point when the families of the hostage takers literally in the government officers in the prime minister's building met with the prime minister and some of them literally said even if it means that you release every single palestinian in israeli prisons whether they were part of the 7th of october or not in exchange for these 237 hostages to be released to be precise because remember, four have already been released. Four, just just four individuals, four women, have been released. Um, and there, um, he is under tremendous uh, uh, pressure, and people will blame it on him if something goes wrong. Mm. Let me put it this way to you. If, if they reject the deal tonight and continue the bombings, um, you can bet your bottom dollar that what Hamas will do would, for example, put 10 of these hostages deliberately in harm's way so that the Israeli prime minister is going, you know, will take the blame. And I just want to venture a hunch that, here for that, you. That, that, that's, it is my view. It, it's my view he's not going to survive. That, that is a, 
a very interesting point you raised there because this isn't this wouldn't be the first time Hamas releases Israeli hostages. They've done so uh, a number of times over the last couple of weeks, right? In fact, an interview I'd seen with one of the Israeli hostages, an, an elderly Israeli woman said, we were treated humanely. We weren't harmed. We weren't beaten mm. up. While we were in Hamas captivity, we were treated humanely. And that gave the world some perspective into into Hamas operationally, but also its 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 intention. Um, I think uh, the potential of Hamas deliberately, even if it's just five or ten uh, uh, hostages, deliberately harming them uh, to 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 you know up the temperature, so to speak, may not achieve what they think it would. I think it would just continuously aggravate the Israelis and, and it would take the ceasefire immediately off the table. If if, if, if what happens? If Hamas, uh, as, as as you predict, is one of the potentialities is that they could harm Israeli hostages uh, to put pressure on the Israeli government. No, no, I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you, but I'm actually saying, but, but I'm actually saying to you the reverse at the moment, at the moment at least, that... Right. What, what brought the Israelis to this point is tremendous pressure by the Americans. And why? The Americans don't want to see what South Africa did today, right? They don't want an Israel to face the ICC, even though I think a Western weaponized ICC that used the ICC for their own ends um, is likely to rush into an investigation into the um, prime minister, but they want to avoid crimes against humanity and 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 genocide talk and war crimes. Um, the Americans, right? Yeah. But America certainly um, would like to see uh, the disappearance of Hamas and Hezbollah, and I think the Americans have an, have two other strategic geopolitical ambitions. They want to end end the landscape of Israel, sorry, of the Middle East forever, where they yeah. could, you know, almost have an even greater say. They are also under tremendous pressure. At the moment, their leverage is, is listening. And what Hamas did, I mean, this thing was so thought through of the seventh, and we're not glorifying it, we're doing analysis here. Yeah, it was so thought through because for you to take 240 hostages, you wonder, okay, to what end? And you don't kill them it's because they knew what the reaction would be, and they will use them as bargaining chips at the end of the day. Yeah. and that's exactly what is happening right now. Yeah, and more domestically, uh, uh, Chris is the South African Parliament, or at least members of Parliament in South Africa, voting uh, in favour of a motion to suspend. Uh, the Israeli, uh, uh, you know, Israeli embassy and its diplomats until a, uh, at least that's the motion it was voted for. The ANC seeks an amendment to it, uh, tying it to uh, the ceasefire deal, saying that it will be suspended until they are able to reach a ceasefire deal. How significant a, a, a vote that is? I mean, it's not conclusive that it will happen. The president still has to decide on that, right? And may well reject it. Uh, but, but, but how significant is it that there is overwhelming uh, majority support in parliament for such a motion? I mean, I, I, I think South Africa stole um, some of the headlines today 
Um, I remember when I wrote my piece uh, for News 24 last week, while I was busy writing the piece, I was busy typing a sentence, I remember vividly that, that read something to the effect of, it's only a matter of time that a brave country will take you know, um, Israel to the ICC. <laughs> Little did I know uh, it would be South Africa. Yeah. And as I was typing that, you know, the news came that uh, South Africa is calling the, you know, its ambassadors, ambassador and staff. Uh, no, 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 the, the, the ICC news broke. And yeah. I actually to put there, I, I didn't expect it to be um, South Africa. I think, I think I've written about this a lot, but I want to say something about it. I always, in my writings, come up with this notion of, for its worth, I'm just saying it for its worth to the listeners, that the liberatory solidarity, the liberation solidarity between South Africa and liberation movements, you know, those that gave it sanctuary during apartheid and those that faced similar, similar th- threats to it uh, and the relationship between the um, PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, and the then leader Yasser Arafat, who was almost like an iconic leader like President Mandela, um, is so strong that I'm now convinced that we have to finally come to terms with this thing, that this, 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 this runs very, very deep. I mean, that South Africa could sort of be so so ambivalent on on Russia, for example, yeah. right? We'll rather leave the ICC if Putin can't come. And you go to this extent of taking um, Prime Minister um, Netanyahu, and admittedly uh, the president was was very very um, uh, uh, deft in and 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 smart in his use of uh, of language. He kept saying the the potential crimes committed by both the Palestinian side and the Israeli side. He kept he kept emphasizing that so that we are not accused of being non-aligned. So let me just finally say something about that vote. Mm. Uh, it's historic. It's historic. It's bold. Will other leaders follow? I can tell you now. Let's take an obvious case, right? just for the sake of the listeners. There is no chance, and I'm pre- prepared to predict you my bottom rant. Um, and the reason why I'm doing it is because I don't have a bottom <laughs> rant to give you. Low risk. Um, but, on a, but, but on a serious note, I don't think China will break off um, international relations. Sorry, diplomatic ties with, with either side. That's just not how China operates. Yeah. China... Uh, to put it to you in two uh, f- uh, ways briefly, China stands back while the others get involved in wars and conflict and therefore almost drain their resources, make themselves weaker. And China will never, China is unlikely to declare a war. The only thing that would that will really push China to use military power um, against any is the issue of Taiwan. That's how strongly it feels against Taiwan. So in a sense, while South Africa has set an unbelievable trend, a unique trend, I want to remind you 
that Israel has such a such a ruthless vice grip like uh, control over the people of Palestine that um, I I bet you by tomorrow night uh, if if you and I were to talk again I'm not saying you know call me again yeah. I'm just saying if we were to talk again I can tell you now uh, the response would be um, South Africa is not only um, they haven't only done a quid pro quo, the same, something for something, what you do to me, yeah. I return the favor, um, and shut South Africa's embassy down, and, and it has the implication, for example, that all South Africans in Israel, um, right, and even in Palestine, will be will be without consular support. Yeah. But more importantly, they will also kick South Africa out of Palestine. Now, you ask me, how is it possible for them to kick South Africa out of Palestine? Because their control is so strong that um, they issue the uh, is, uh, the Palestinian passports and visas, and, and they decide which countries can be a credit to Ramallah, nobody else. That's how powerful it is. Yeah. So South Africa has effectively cut itself out of a future deal with this move. And just finally to say to you, the second part that you've said, the amendment. Remember there was an amendment made. Yeah. Until such time that Israel agrees to a UN-led negotiations, the Israelis are going to say, who the heck do you think you are by expelling us the way you do um, and diplomatic uh, relations the way you do, and and you still want to tell us when you will be ready to um, to restore relations. They are in vindictive um, uh, mode, um, and they are vengeful and in revenge mode, and dealing with South Africa is the least of their concerns. Yeah. Professor Chris, we're going to have to leave it there. Really do appreciate it. Chris Lansbeck, uh, Professor of African Diplomacy and Foreign Policy at the University of Johannesburg. I'm taking your reactions to this. Give me a call, 86 0 2032 I'm also taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 614 Let's take a break. On the other side of this, we continue the conversation.